Hey everybody, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. I'm Joey. <laughs> he was taking a drink. I was. I caught him off guard. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about uh, an album this week, uh, which is new because normally we talk about albums. Wait, that's... That's, that's the same right. thing, Jeremy. It's the same thing. Uh, we're talking about the Civil Wars, uh, the band, their self-titled album from 2013. Oh, shit. Man, another 2013 album. I might there's, have to read. So many of them. I might have to rewrite all my notes. I misunderstood. You said we were doing the Civil Wars. <laughs> oh man, I got all this like Battle of Gettysburg notes. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a history <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, no, the the Civil Wars is a band, uh, and they released a few albums, a couple albums. I don't know how many specifically because I don't have Wikipedia up. But uh, we're talking about their self-titled one, came out in 2013. Uh, I really love this album. I picked it because it feels like a wintry album, and like I mentioned last week, I think uh, I was—I had listened to the album while I was listening to the Panic broadcast during that week. I'd listened to this as well, and I was just, man, it feels good. I really enjoy this. It was on our list, and I'm curious to see if Joey also likes it. I fucking love this album. Uh, every time I come back to it, I'm kind of reminded how much I like this album. But uh, now that I've built it up entirely too much. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the album art here. Uh, it's black and white. It's like a, a photograph kind of thing. Black and white. You can see the background is like uh, the sky, I guess. It's pretty white, so you can't tell. If, I think it's cloudy. It looks pretty cloudy. Yeah. Um, but there's this big like column of black smoke rising up from the bottom and covering most of the album uh, cover. And then in a nice uh, cursive font, it just says the Civil Wars. It's very, very simple. I've noticed uh, the black on white kind of motif is something that they do a lot in like their album arts. Yeah. Which it looks, it looks very nice, very crisp. It looks very high quality. Yeah, it's very clean. It's very, very simple. And it, it's strangely eye-catching, I think, amongst if you were like at a record store. Yeah. Right, because there's a lot of most album art has color. I mean, I guess back in like the seventies, there was a lot of black and white stuff, but uh, I feel like a lot of album art is trying to draw you in by being vivid and bright and having something interesting on it. Whereas this is relatively simple, and I think that that makes it stand out in kind of a weird way. Yeah, I mean, shit. Just look at the Panic broadcast album artwork that was all like dragons <laughs> yeah. and a throne. And- yeah. <laughs> But uh, enough stalling, Joey. What did what did what did you think about the one that got away? Oh shit! I thought there was gonna be. We're just right into it. Okay. We're just right into it. I didn't even segue. Track number one, the one that got away. Okay. I, I want to know how you feel about this album and this song. Okay, I'm gonna start off with my impressions of this song. Okay. Instead of my impressions of the album. That's fine. We can talk about the album at the end, or we'll figure it out as we go. So, the first time I listened to this song, I was kind of like this is not at all what I was expecting. Like, right. It, I had looked him up and it said something about like Americana and folk type influences, but this song mm-hmm. sounded very country to me. Like, yes, like it sounded like country. It didn't sound like inspired, like country inspired by this or this inspired by country. It just sounded like country music to me. So I was just like, what the hell? What's happening? Yeah. So also to back up just a second, I know uh, over the course of this past week, uh, you, I think you texted me or something uh, after we recorded last week when I told you what album we were doing. You said that you thought Alyssa listened to this mm-hmm. band, uh, and then at some point throughout the week, you texted me or you told me that you were mistaken and that she was thinking of the Cold War Kids yep. or that you were thinking of the Cold War Kids, which I'm assuming is nothing like this. Nope, no, and, not. And so there's that also that extra layer of you being so confused and out of place i think when, when starting this yeah i was just like the first time i listened to it i was just like what and <laughs> i'm gonna let you know country is yeah probably my least favorite genre of music oh i'm right there with you okay <laughs> but this song while it wasn't like immediately i didn't immediately like love it or anything mm-hmm. i do like it more than most other country that i've heard and it was mainly due to the i i didn't look up her name but the girl singer joy, joy williams joy williams it was a lot of it was due to her voice yeah. like i like her voice a lot i like the guy's voice uh yeah john i think it's john paul white john paul name. white yeah i like his voice too 
but I like her voice a lot. And yeah, she she has like a very like delicate voice, and it it suits the music in a very like haunting way. Yeah, because they use a lot of reverb, and they give her vocals a lot of space, and it just I don't know. I think it suits the the music very well. She she has a very pretty voice, which yeah. uh, again we've we've talked about in the past how you have a history of not really being into female vocalists. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm happy that you, that you called out her voice specifically. Uh, the track's got also that the country vibe that you mentioned, it's got like some mandolin. It's got a cool, like mellow electric guitar kind of a thing. Uh, there's some harmony and uh, I don't know. It's, it's very rocky and bluesy, but definitely very country. And it's another thing that it actually, this whole album did it, but, this song it was one of the first things that i noticed it uh i don't i think it was two pod like episodes ago or whatever i was talking about how i really like bands that play with silence i talked Mm -hmm. about it on like the deaf heaven and then the i think like maybe the next episode i guess uh this song there's and this album there's so many parts on this album that just straight up are like it feels like there's just nothing there (laughs) so it's like you get it's like smoke (laughs) yeah you get locked in this kind of the silence almost becomes part of the beat and it's like the whole song turns into like a percussive type thing just due to the sound silence sound silence dynamic yeah there's a a rhythm and a flow to it and and they they kind of use it a lot i think in a lot of songs Mm -hmm. that there's this this kind of gradual build that leads to that that silence that you're speaking of, or the lack of music, or or just this kind of reset on the momentum of, of the song, which I think is really cool. I enjoy it every time it happens in this album. Yeah, it was. I'm trying my hardest to be positive because there was a lot that I liked, <laughs> but there was also like in the back of my mind, it was like country though. But yeah, no, I mean, I I set this up. Uh, we were talking last week about me shitting on albums. I was shitting on your boys' vocals from Soil Work. I can't believe it. And we we set it up in such a way that like you'd be shitting on me this week. So it's fine. I'm expecting a little bit of hatred, and I'm okay with it because fuck you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I do overall like it, but I have to add the caveat: I like it, but it's a country Poor album. country music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can dig it. Uh, lyrically, the song is kind of uh, about wishing a relationship ended when it was good. Yeah, I mean, it's the one that got away. Normally, it's it's kind of a, a wistful thing, like oh man, like I miss that person because we had something that was so good, and it, it something happened and, and she got away, kind of a thing. But it's kind of the opposite in this, where they have stayed in a relationship, and it seems like it's kind of falling apart, and they're gaining resentment towards each other, and they're like, man, I just I wish this ended back when we started back when it was a good thing and instead of it leading to whatever it's turned into now yeah and i will definitely say one reason i don't typically like country music is because of the song i guess song whatever the songs are about content yeah i very much like their lyrical content for the most part at least uh yeah i like kind of the thought of this because this is something that I have felt in the past where it's like, Oh man, I've spent too much time with you. And it's just, (laughs) I just don't like you. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't like you anymore. I kind of like this, this whole thing is kind of just devolved into a terrible part portion (laughs) of my life when it could have just been like, ah, what could have (laughs) been right. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's actually better that way because like the one that got away is such this elusive, like goal this unrealistic expectation you're going to compare everyone else to that person yeah that is true so no one's ever going to like live up to that that person even though in reality that person had their flaws and and stuff it's just there's this idealization that comes with it this i i I don't know why i went there (laughs) Uh, system of down reference (laughs) brain every time i hear the word idealization that's what i think of and uh, yeah, which you should because it's a good song. <laughs> so it is. And in an in an ideal world, I would have me a girl that uh, listens to this one down. Well, specifically, I, uh, I I I have that, and I can tell you, it's it's cool. Like, yeah, I guess you currently have you a girl. 
yep. like that? That listens to System of a Down, and it is my daughter. Well, it's your daughter. That's awesome. Uh, well, if she ever leaves you, although she wouldn't because she's your daughter, I guess at some point she, yeah. she will leave you. If, if I uh, do everything correctly, that is the end goal. The, then you can talk about how you had you, a yeah. girl. Yeah. Which is also the track second track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called I Had Me a Girl, but you know, we're, we're, we're changing the tense. Yeah. The, I guess the perspective. I, I probably shouldn't start tangents off of your pun, like your <laughs> the, the transitions. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. The segues, it doesn't matter. We, we, we bring it back. It's yeah. fine. Uh, this one has like a, a really reverby guitar, like intro kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the song comes in with this, like, I, I can't describe it other than saying like this jailhouse rhythm. Like I can just see prisoners breaking rocks to this kind of a beat. It gives me that kind of like uh, "Oh brother, where art thou?" kind of feel to it. Oh my god! Um, okay, I I don't feel so bad about my analysis of the beginning of this song now because <laughs> it sounds to me like those HBO show intros or whatever where they would do like the slide guitar and it's yeah, like, yeah. And like the West or something. <laughs> and I didn't mean that in a bad way at all. I love slide guitar. It was yeah. it's like that's the it's vibe very, it's very yeah it's 100 percent that vibe for sure uh the the male lead john comes in early on this one uh the guitar i i really like the tone of his, his guitar and i really like his playing of it uh again joy's vocals and melodies in this song remind me a lot of Haley williams Ooh. which uh there's no relationship even they both have the same last name williams uh, fun fact, Joy Williams actually featured on a bonus track of Paramore, so we can get into that at some point. Ooh. But uh, th- I think that's actually how I found out about Civil Wars. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's this little bluesy musical bridge in this track before John does acapella stuff with guitar tapping, which I know that you've mentioned that you're a fan of. Yeah. And then uh, Joy does the same thing right after, which is kind of a, a cool dynamic. Yeah, I very much like their instrumentation. Like, I like his guitar tone. I like, I like, I love mandolins. I love, uh, like slide guitar. I like acoustic guitar a whole lot. I, I'm almost at the point in my life where I like, like finger style or like well-played acoustic guitar like that more than any other kind of instrument, I guess. It's just cool to me. It's what I currently aspire to play. Whenever I play guitar, would you want to be on Waterfront Wednesdays doing fingerstyle guitar? Yes, <laughs> but not, okay. but not in the Civil Wars. Right? Yeah, the the time period or the band. Yeah, yeah, definitely not the time period. I don't want to. I don't know. I feel like I would not last in that time period. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, we don't have to find out. Yeah, but uh, where was I going? I was going somewhere with that. Sorry, you, you're you're talking about how you you just love the the fingerstyle guitar, and that's the kind of uh, passion that you're that you would idealize. Ideally, I almost said idealized that you ideally would pursue. I guess. If yeah, you do that's where I was. Okay, yeah, and so as I was saying that, I was like, why don't I like country? And that, I was thinking that I was going to ask you that. I actually wrote it down on our uh, on, on my notepad because I'm taking notes now for uh, ideas for our our spinoff show which is uh conversations for another episode yeah kind of a thing uh Uh, so maybe maybe we can loop back to that okay yeah because i love bluegrass i love folk and but it's just like i don't know i don't know (laughs) neither do i uh lyrically the song it's another relationship song a lot of these songs are about relationships Mm -hmm. we've talked about it all the fucking time about how so much (laughs) music is about relationships but uh this one it 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 has John describing a naive boy learning to be a man from a woman that has such a hold on him. He can't even describe it. The whole like chorus of the song, uh, it, it like builds up to them saying that, that she could, <laughs> and he can't like put it to words. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then joy describes the woman as being a, a sinful creature. So there's kind of like this dichotomy of a, an innocent young, holy boy being shown the world by this sinful woman and uh, they have sex apparently and yeah. it's it, i mean that's the impression that i get from it and it is just so good that she can do no wrong in his his eyes cuz like the first or the third verse he describes her like cigarette smoke and yeah. she came and she went and then joy comes in i slipped through his hands to my back door man under his chin 
she, so she's like cheating on him. But he's yeah. he comes back with, oh, that woman taught me to pray. But for all her wandering ways, she could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, well, she's it's it's very much uh, like yeah, like you described the naive young boy who is looking up to this more experienced woman. And he's mm-hmm. just kind of like enamored by her to the point where she can almost do no wrong in his eyes. Yeah, which is uh, not not a great way to, to get into a relationship. Yeah, it sounds happens, like I guess. sounds like a real power dynamic. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the same old, same old. Yeah, yeah. Shit, man. <laughs> I'm knocking them. I'm knocking them out quick. Well, track number three. three. Same old, same tell, old. Tell me about it, Joey. Well, it's definitely not the same old, same old because <laughs> I'd say I like this song more than I like the previous, like the first two songs. This, Interesting. I liked this one a little bit more. And I think it's because I got more of, I don't know, kind of like uh, a folkier vibe to it, maybe. Yeah. It's got like that chunky acoustic chord mm-hmm. cordage to start with, playing with the silence, and it kind of just builds. But it's still very, like I guess, delicate at times. Like, I really like Joy's voice on this song because yeah. she can restrain it. It's It gets like airy and kind of wavering. But then it comes in right. really strong whenever it fits the song, and I just I don't know, it's it's good. Yeah, the the song really like epitomizes that whole flow that we were talking about earlier, where it's there's a soft and and slow kind of wavy motion of it, and then it builds and builds into this powerful chorus, and then it pretty much comes to a stop and, and reboots mm-hmm. the song before ramping up again in, in the last chorus, kind of a thing. And like you said, Joy's voice is a really big focus in this song specifically where she, like you said, is very soft when she needs to, but also she can belt it out when she needs to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it just speaks to her ability as a, as a singer. Definitely. And uh, I don't know, there's definitely some st- tracks on the album. I feel like they mix the vocals just like way higher than the instruments. Yeah. Like, and this is one of them, which not like that's a, a good thing her voice is definitely the focus of this song but it's just something that i've i paid attention to mixing more on this album than i have in Mm -hmm. other albums i guess yeah and even with the uh they they do a lot of duet stuff like the civil wars is two people Mm -hmm. they both sing there's a lot of duet and and harmonizing stuff and even on the parts where they're both singing a lot of times it'll have one of them turned way down mm-hmm. to where they're ju- just like the essence of them is there in the background to kind of fill in some sound. Uh, and then other times when it's swapped and, and the other person's barely audible. And then there are times where they're both very, very prominently audible. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know if it was, I'm assuming it was creative choices on their part. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, if I like every instance of it happening. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine with the, cause it's a very well-produced album. Like it seemed mm-hmm. they took care to make sure that all the sounds were there. I could, I would could only imagine that it would be a choice to do that. But yeah, uh, this one like lyric wise, it's, I like, it's another like kind of topic that I like to go into because there's so many breakup songs. There's so many, you see a lot of, uh, I guess this sentiment given, on the internet, on the internet, on like forums, on I see it all the time because I spend most of my time on Reddit, and it's yeah. it's about being in a long term relationship, and you've hit a point where it kind of just sucks, yeah. and like things are going bad. I guess I shouldn't say it sucks, but things are going bad. They're not at all like they used to be. It's just going downhill, and you see a lot of people, uh, they'll be like, oh, just. Just get out, man. Get out. Leave, <laughs> yeah. leave that guy. Leave that girl. It's bad or whatever. But this song is about like putting in the work and continuing it. Which, I mean, I'm not saying that's the like you just stay in shitty relationships. But it's good to hear that it does take work because if you want to be in a monogamous relationship with, that's just you and another person as a team, like it's going to take work. Right. It's not going to just magically be great forever. So I don't know, just hearing that in a song, it's kind of different than a lot of the stuff that I 
usually listen to where it's just like oh, a breakup song or like right. unrequited love or something. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to that. I think that was pretty spot on when I got uh, where you, you like the the only caveat is I, I think there's this kind of I guess in a similar way to the last track where there there's this thought of like man it used to be good yeah it used to be so great and wanting that kind of that fresh rush of of like a a young love kind of a thing where you're just wishing that you had that kind of that honeymoon period again kind of a thing but that's not where you are and it again the song she she or he they're they are choosing to stick it out and say you know what like it's not ever going to be that good again and that's fine we need to figure out where to go from here. Yeah, you need to figure out how to make whatever current stage you're in the best it can be because every yeah. every stage can be great just in different ways type thing. Yeah, it's, it's time to maybe move on to a more mature love and relationship other than the, the young lust and excitement. Yeah. I was going to try to do something because you <laughs> just said lust and I was like, that rhymes with dust. Hey, it's it still does rhyme with dust. So lust to lust and dust to dust. Boom! Track number five, four, not four. four. Joey, come I on! Can't count, man. <laughs> Every time this one has a drum machine, yeah, and it kind of kind of keeping the beat, which I thought was an interesting choice for, especially for like a country or folksy kind of album. And especially because it, I don't think they do it again. It's just this song. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's also just this song. But I also think it's just the song. I said that weird. <laughs> no, it's fine. We, we're not we're not grammar loop. We're music feed loop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's got the drum machine. It's very like snappy sounding. Uh, there's just simple acoustic guitar for the most part. More haunting, lovely vocals from Joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the chord progression with the riff that he's building. Uh, there's the piano chords that come in at the beginning of each phrasing, and then even there's some soft strings that kind of fill in the background that feels nice. And it kind of gives me this this kind of churchy vibe. I, yeah. I don't really know why. I really, By the way, I really fucking love this song. This is my favorite song on the album. I oh, think. shit. Um, but the, and I think the reason why is that there's this screaming feedback whine that comes in the background mm-hmm. before the chorus, and it's such a specifically, like, incredible sound that i enjoy and it, it feels like it's going to build to something in like a big rock section or something but it doesn't yeah it's just kind of there for ambient effect and uh i realized and, and this is kind of mind-blowing to me while i was writing my notes it reminds me of this recurring dream i had oh. when i was a kid like really young kid and i can't really verbalize a lot of what's happening in the dream but i have very specific memory of this dream and it's it's like i've never been able to again verbalize it but I, my mom and my dad are in the dream i think they were fighting or yelling at each other but they weren't saying words they're just specific sound effects or sound samples or or clips or just the sounds that were representing their emotion and I don't know what that dream, what else was happening in that dream. I don't know what the, to interpret from that. But that whining feedback sound that is used in this song, I don't know how they got it. But that specific sound is exactly the, the sound that I was having in those recurring dreams when I was a kid. And I was just like, I've never been able to figure out what that sound is or how to describe it. But that is exactly what it is. And it kind of blew my mind. That is fucking awesome. Oh my god. That makes me like this song so much more. <laughs> I, so I, I'll I'll give you a heads up. This is my second favorite song on the album. Okay. My, Meaning that you do have a favorite song. I do have a favorite song, yes. Okay. Okay, we'll play the guess again. <laughs> uh, I like this song just because of how kind of, like you said, it feels like it's going to build up to something, and then it doesn't, and it kind of just stays... It stays just kind of low. Not I don't want to say low energy, but it's just very right. soft, very low key, and I don't, it's just something I've noticed about myself. Whenever stuff just kind of is soft, I just tend to just like it for some reason. I don't know if it's because I'm, I mean it, it might be because we we both have a background in metal and things being hard and extreme. Yeah. So it's it's kind of refreshing 
in a, in a way to hear things that aren't always just extreme. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because the other end of the spectrum is like super noisy stuff, wall of sound, shoegaze type thing going on. Right. So, but yeah, which we we talk about in our episode. If you haven't if you haven't listened to it, Sunbather by by Duff Haven, check out the album and that episode of the podcast. Woo! <laughs> but uh, so lyrically. After that mind-blowing experience that I definitely want to talk about because that, <laughs> the whole the whole phenomenon of like thoughts that you can't express because they are just so tied to emotion is something that I right. feel on such a personal level. I'm sure like that's I don't know that's I don't know it's just super cool to me right. like it's super cool to think about but uh yeah the song this song that we're talking about that we're supposed to be just discussing is a uh, dust to dust seems to reference the dust that comes like after having a heartbreak or being hurt in the past, like you're, you're broken and it's right. dust. And then you build these walls up around yourself to kind of keep out any more future pain. And this song is about somebody else wanting to get in there being like, I know you've, been hurt i know you have these walls let's break down the walls break them down to dust Mm -hmm. so the dust that they were is now returned to dust but yeah and it it kind of comes out towards the end of the song that there's kind of some sympathy going on or some empathy where like because i think the the whole most of the song is john paul white singing about like how or i I guess the the, i mean it's a duet Mm -hmm. but it, it seems to be the male character is the one that has been heartbroken and has built up all these walls or whatever. And then joy comes in and is the one that's trying to get in. Um, but it comes out towards the end uh, of the song. I think it might be the last verse or, or something where it seems that the girl in the story has also had a very similar experience. So she's trying to get in, but she's coming from a place of understanding yeah. where like, yeah, like I've been there. I know, I know what you're going through. I know how you feel. And it's okay to not feel that now kind of a thing. Yeah. It's always nice to have a, I feel like that's the key coming from a place of experience. Right. You can, you got to get in there and be like, Hey, let's do this together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That song haunts me. It comes back. And like, every time I hear the word together and I'm like, (laughs) why? I never watched high school musical. I mean, it, it could have been on in another room when you were eavesdropping and, and heard it playing. Yeah, I've also never seen that movie for what it's worth. Yeah, I used to eavesdrop whenever other people were watching the Disney Channel all the time. <laughs> Happened so frequently <laughs> that a song was written and titled after that. Yep, because that's track, actually track number five on this <laughs> album is eavesdrop. You got, you got the numbering, right? We're, we're back on track. Dude, I wrote the numbers in my notes and I'm just like, <laughs> haphazardly looking over to be like oh yeah check 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 and then i look over and i'm like oh yeah this is track number 17 whatever (laughs) there's not even 17 tracks uh but yeah eavesdrop uh this strangely uh, i don't want to say strangely this i have the least amount of notes for this track i don't really like this track oh shit um which is is, i guess it sounds harsher than it is i like the album overall Mm -hmm. this track just kind of falls flat to me it's kind of it, to me, this one sounds more of that kind of poppy country kind of feel yeah. to it. Uh, it's got kind of an upbeat sounding music. Um, th- there are some really cool string swells in it that I like. And then for the last chorus, it comes in and it's kind of rocky or a bit more aggressive. But overall, the song feels kind of generic to me. Yeah, I my really only notes were uh, that I liked the outro more than I liked the rest of the song. I like yes. the way that it rebuilt just maybe in the last... 45 seconds or so yeah but it's just the song's about being in a relationship and knowing that it's probably going to end soon and not really wanting to accept it it seems like there's this this it seems strange to have a feeling of like yeah it's going to end but also we both don't want it to end yeah it's definitely a thing that happens and it's something that i think a lot of people can actually relate to uh just just kind of knowing that it's not a great match and that it's not going to work out despite loving each other yeah, because, you know, whenever you have to let go of something you love, it's sometimes it can just be harder than the devil's backbone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking killed it. <laughs> Track number six, Devil's Backbone. Woo! 
Is this your favorite track on the album? It is not, but I do like this song. Damn it. I like the okay. stompiness of the of yeah. the beat. It's just cuz like I I used to listen to a lot of like Mumford and Sons and stuff and mm-hmm. they very much have that stompy like Right. It's very westerny like you kind of mentioned on the the other one. Yeah. Where it kind of feels like the, it's like a western intro kind of a thing. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's super cool. Uh it's got a very sinister feel. Which I mean goes along with the lyrics, but I I do like that about it. It is it is one of my more liked tracks, I would say, on the album. But yeah, it it's I don't know. It's got a lot of layers. I really like again her vocals, but they they use a harmonium or like a pump organ kind of a thing. That's what that is uh, to give it that. Yeah, it's almost bagpipeish and almost accordionish. But yeah. uh, I I googled it. It's called a harmonium. Okay. Or a pump organ. Uh, that they use and her vocals over it are just like fantastic. I absolutely love it. Uh, John comes in quietly in the second repetition of the chorus with his guitar. And I don't know, there's a lot of layers and this kind of that dynamic building and silence play that we keep talking about through the thing. There's an acapella duet section as the outro. And I fucking love it when songs end on those kind of notes where it's just vocals, yeah. uh, especially when they're harmonizing. Yeah. And especially whenever it's, I mean, I, I guess, especially for me, whenever it's a subject matter like this song has, where it's, I don't know, it's, there's something about, like, Jesus-y religion, like, yeah. type stuff, which this song is. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I, this song kind of is form- formatted, kind of like a prayer, almost, but there's something that is kind of eerie to me. And I'm, I think I t- kind of touched on it, like whenever religion is brought into songs, right? Sometimes it kind of like instantly gives me a weird. I said, I think I said a bad taste, and in most cases it is, and th- not in this one. And it's weird because it's specific to like folk music. If religion is brought in, it's kind of like spooky or something. Yeah, I don't know, and I just like it. But whenever it's like that, it's just kind of haunting. I guess. Yeah, and there, there's definitely a religious thing, which I thought was also interesting because last week I think we mentioned, like like you said, that, that you talked about how religion being used in music that is explicitly religious in yeah. context instead of just like, yeah, if the singer's religious, whatever. But if the song is literally involving religion, yeah. then, uh, then it kind of, like you said, gives that bad taste, which I thought was kind of an interesting follow-up. <laughs> it was not planned. I mean, yeah. I, we picked this album before we had that discussion. Uh, but I thought that was kind of a, a fun little quirk to, or, or coincidence <laughs> that's, with this thing. It's probably just from my my background. I, <laughs> I have some... No, yeah, and I definitely want to get into that a bit more, uh, maybe on another episode, uh, <laughs> but definitely on another album, I think, that I have on our list at yeah. some point. We'll, we'll kind of get into that, I think. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's a song about uh, Joy's character, the female character, praying to God that her fugitive boyfriend doesn't get taken away from her <laughs> because he's on the run from the law and she loves him and whatever. It's kind of, it's kind of cinematic in concept, yeah. but there's, there's not a lot to talk about there lyrically. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know, man, like that dude, he's about to be hanged and uh, he just had to get the hell away from this Valley. You know, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going <laughs> with it. I knew you were trying to tie it in. I was like, eh, okay, he's setting up a story. It's it kind, fine. It kind of worked. Yeah, he got taken from this valley. Or is it he needed to be uh, he from this valley strike number seven. There we go. <laughs> uh, this one immediately has a, a more like bright old country kind of bluegrassy yeah. feel to it. But unlike Eavesdrop, I really like this one. Uh, the bass is very like super simple and clean, and it it, it feels good. The song feels like a gospel hymn to me. Yeah, where it has this. The, I don't know if it, I think it's the melody, but it reminds me of Will the Circle Be Unbroken. Mm-hmm. And I think their vocal melodies kind of imitate that a little bit. And her Joy's voice in this one reminds me a lot of Alison Krauss. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is uh, a bluegrass singer and country singer that I really enjoy. Definitely. And I believe Joey does too. But yeah. uh, <laughs> there, there's more acapella sections in this one, and their harmony's great. And I really like the, the way that their vocals kind of mix and then build right back into the song with some pretty powerful vocals from joy on this one as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I kind of feel like a hypocrite, honestly, going into this song, having talked about religion, because (laughs) this song once again is pretty religious. I'd say the most religious track on this album. And I very much like it. 
Uh, it's I. It's not my favorite song on the album or anything, but right. yeah, I really do like it. I really like, like you said, kind of the acapella sections, the sections where it's just mainly singing, and because uh, I do, I also like gospel music. What the fuck? I'm. Right. I, I'm in an <laughs> I was thinking about that too. I'm in an we, we can we can unpack that sometime. I think uh, in, in a whole episode okay. just dedicated to the, the mind of Joey. Yeah, that everybody's gonna love tuning into that. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'll tune in. There you okay. go. There you go. That's all that matters. But, we'll have one viewer. But yeah, this is, uh, I'd, like, I don't know. This is more in my wheelhouse, I guess, of like songs in this vein that I would listen to outside of the pod, like being recommended to me. Like, this right. is a song, like, if I found this song, I would, if I had found Civil Wars through this song, I would have definitely checked out the rest of their stuff. And yeah. uh yeah, it's about it's religious in the sense that it's just I mean, she's communing with Jesus, with God, and she yeah. wants to be taken from this valley up to the mountaintop. She's she's wanting to be accepted in a religious way from the valley which is earth down below to the mountaintop of heaven, up in the glory of God. Right. Which I mean like I don't know, man. It just like it's so weird to be say, saying the words "the glory <laughs> of God" is like bringing back all these like yeah. these visions in my head of like yeah, I totally feel that. And I'm just like, and, oh, and I, I was looking at the the genius for this one, and uh, someone actually drew a parallel that I thought was kind of interesting. Where I mean, like you said, it's take me from this valley and bring me to to a mountaintop up high, but. Uh, in the Bible, or in certain religious interpretations, or whatever, uh, Zion or Jerusalem was on a is on a plateau, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of this holy place, right? So there's there's maybe a parallel being drawn to where the valley isn't necessarily Earth, but it's it's symbolizing the valley of death, yeah. which is also another biblical thing, and being being taken from this low point in their life and bringing them to this glorious place, the glory of God, maybe Jerusalem, maybe heaven, you know, whatever, but just, just going from a low point, like the darkest lows to the brightest highs kind of a thing. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of a, a generic concept that can, I guess you can plaster a lot of different context onto. But there's definitely a for sure context here. And it's, yes. And you can tell mama about it. You can. This song is a f- <laughs> track eight, right? Yep, you had look, to look. I, I, I had could, to look. I could hear the hesitation. <laughs> you could hear my eyes move from one screen to yeah. the other screen. Yep. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit if you could hear eyes move? I'm sure you can if you have a good... That would be obnoxious, song. probably. But I, I, well, I don't know. Maybe people would tune it out eventually. Yeah. You'd be used to it. But this song is the song... I was talking to you before we started recording that a certain song on this album almost completely changed at the last minute my... Uh, yeah my album choice for next week and it's because this song i was listening to it and i'm like wait a second (laughs) i know i know this song i I know the lyrics at least but but kind of because they were different than the last time i heard it i fucking love clarence carter oh see i I haven't actually heard of him uh, until doing my notes for this album, I was like, "Oh, this is a cover of a Clarence Carter song that was popularized by Eddie James." Yeah, but yeah, written by Clarence Carter. The dude has forty albums. Yeah, dude, he's been around since I think uh, this is Clarence Carter. His first album came yeah, out it was like sixty eight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's what I saw on Wikipedia. But yeah, the dude's fucking been around. He's a blues and soul guy that I've never heard of or I've never listened to. Oh man, he's awesome. He's super cool, <laughs> and he wrote this song with other people. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Marcus Daniel and Wilbur Terrell all wrote it, but whenever they wrote it, it was called tell daddy. And that's how I've heard it. Yeah. But so it's this song, but from a guy's perspective, I guess. So I was like hearing tell mom all about it. Tell, and I'm like, what is, what? This Something's is, familiar. This is supposed to be tell daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also the song, this song, I like it a lot because it does something with covers that I really like where it's a com- almost a complete reinterpretation of the song. It almost right. sounds nothing like the original. It, yeah. You can kind of hear it if you really, really, really listen for it, but it's, it's j- pretty much just a completely new song. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think that's the best kind of covers do that. And uh, I think they, they, 
because it, it shows a certain respect for a music in general, but be the source material and, and not wanting to just plagiarize, right? Not yeah. wanting, not trying to sound like someone else, but wanting to pay pay homage to someone else, perhaps by doing that, doing a, a cover kind yeah. of thing. I never would have thought that uh, I'd be talking about how much I like a cover of a Clarence Carter song written in a country ish style right. <laughs> where like one of my favorite parts of it is the fact that they have like that steel guitar kind of yeah. it swells up before the song kind of drops out back mm-hmm. into itself and it's just it's such a far cry from kind of the <laughs> funkiness that the original right. has but it's it's very nice yeah it's got a super like simple acoustic guitar intro like you said, it's got a lot of ambience from like a steel guitar and a bunch of other instruments kind of in the chorus. The bass comes in and it just feels good. I, I it, The song's like, I don't know, I was led to believe by my, my boobity boop research <laughs> that the original was more like upbeat and, and funky and stuff. Yeah. And this song, their interpretation of it just feels so crushing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just kind of like this kind of sad not really sad but just like i don't know it just kind of like makes me feel like i'm i'm being crushed in darkness kind of a thing and i i enjoy it i don't i don't know what they did to get that sound but i, I think it's fantastic see and this is probably me reading way too far into it but i also noticed that and it's kind of because other stuff that clarence carter did it was very much in the uh i don't want to say like male driven 60s Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I guess I shouldn't not want to say that because it's like true, <laughs> but uh, it very much has the vibe of like, oh, yeah, that guy over there, like he he's not shit. He's not treating you right. Come over here and I'll, I'll treat you yeah. right type thing. And from like the typical guy perspective, that's kind of the way you would take it is like that confidence, that bravado that like I can treat you better than that guy. Right. But whenever a girl sings it, it's a complete flip. And I feel like it highlights that very well i don't know if it's trying to but i feel like it highlights that very well where it's like whenever a girl just says that i mean sure it's accompanied by the by the crushing music but i feel like whenever a girl says that you it's very much the opposite where it's like she doesn't have the confidence to have gotten the guy in the first place i guess is how you view it where she's like oh well i I could treat you a lot better but but you chose her so i'm just gonna be in the sideline i'm just one you'll eventually just maybe you can like tell me about it and I'll try to comfort you, but I probably won't even get the love that I'm wanting out of it. I'll just be the comforting person. And Yeah. And I, th- I think that speaks about our societal norms, right? Where the men are seen as making the moves. Yeah. And, and the women are, are there to just kind of like going with the flow. Yeah, they kind just of kind thing. of passively but have also, things happen to them. <laughs> yeah. But also I, I think this song kind of speaks to, to women being more empathetic mm-hmm. in that way. And whereas when a guy's like, Hey baby, come over here. I'll treat you better. It's not about like, Oh, I'm sorry that you broke up with this guy or I'm sorry that that guy's treating you differently. It's about what do I get out of it? Yeah. Whereas a woman is more just like, no, I'll help you. Like I see that you're going through shit. I, I know that things aren't like, going well with you and him like talk to me about it i'm here to listen yeah kind of a thing i'll actually help you not right <laughs> not in the way that clarence carter is talking i'm not about. trying to get anything out of this yeah. i just want to help you kind yeah. of a thing which that oh, is Henry. one of the reasons <laughs> oh shit so sorry continue no I, I, was, I was preemptive on my segue <laughs> that's one of the reasons i didn't choose the clarence carter album is because that is most of that the album that i was going to pick is right very much that feel and i was like ah eh. like i don't feel like just taught like you don't talk- want to come off as an asshole yeah like i don't <laughs> i ha- i kind of swung and missed with the two man gentleman band thing <laughs> and it's kind of made me look at music different since then and i was like uh. <laughs> i mean it's okay to enjoy music for yeah. what it is. It's, i mean it's super funky good music but like to really do a deep dive into it and review i think it, there's 11 songs on that album maybe 12 it's like 12 songs of that it's kind of like, eh. Right. Yeah. Maybe not a, a good conversation for a show, but maybe we can just use that whole time to, to talk about how shitty of a person you were or are. Yeah. Or how shitty of a person Henry is. <laughs> oh, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it back. <laughs> Track number nine uh, is called Oh, Henry. 
uh, it's, it's another one of those kind of like good blue, blue grassy rocky kind of feeling tracks. I, I like the guitar tone in this one. There's just like little snippets of strings that are kind of teased throughout that I really enjoy. And man, the fucking slide guitar, the yeah. slides on the song just feels so good. Even if that slide guitar is buried underneath a lot of the other stuff, like you talked about the mixing, like I feel like that slide guitar could have been turned up a bit more, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels good. The bass comes in and it, it really like grounds the song and it, it gives it such a good feeling. Uh, and then the bridge in this one, just completely different feel yeah. from the rest of the song. And it, it brings down the mood while also creating some sort of like anxious energy a little bit with the strings before resetting the song like they do on the final chorus here. Yeah. And yeah, for the mixing, I feel like the mixing in the first chorus specifically with the kind of crunchy electric guitar in the background, it's kind of weird just because it's like, it's almost there, but it's almost not there, but I feel like they fix it on the, on the later choruses. Right. But I do really, I feel like I've heard this song before, honestly, but uh, I probably haven't. I don't know. But I, I do like this song. I like, I, I like the message of it, <laughs> which is kind of like I don't know. It's 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 pretty intense, really. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a funny song about a guy that got married to a woman who's threatening to kill him if he's been cheating. because yep. she's talking about like hearing rumors or people have been saying. That, that he's been cheating on or whatever. And I really like at one point she says, boy, if you're smart, you know, you'll, or you'll know you'll only have my heart till death do us part. Oh, you and I both know that at the end of that forbidden road, there's a six foot hole yep. where she's pretty much saying like, look, it's till death do us part. And if it ends in death, I'm not the one dying. Yep. <laughs> kind of a thing. Oh, Oh, yeah. The last lines are, Oh, Henry, I know you wouldn't hurt me. And you should know that we don't need one more grave in this town. <laughs> right. Where it's like, I know you're not going to hurt me, but but I'll fucking kill you, dude. <laughs> yeah, you better not fucking mess around. You best, you best come correct. <laughs> Which is, I don't know, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It, it happens. I feel like that's not a specifically new concept. I know, like, uh, fucking, what is it, Carrie Underwood's... Before He uh, Cheats. Before He Cheats, Carrie's... Yeah. Is that the same song? I, don't know. I think so. Whichever one she, she talks about, like just torching a dude's car yeah. or whatever because he was cheating kind of yeah i guess that is before he cheats yeah that one uh so it, again not a super novel concept but yeah, it's fun it is it's very I like it. it's very fun because i don't know it's just like i don't want to bring it maybe, back maybe we're assholes by thinking it's funny because it's a woman taking power over a relationship. Well, see, and that's such a novel thing. I was about to say kind of the opposite, uh, like the opposite point of view where if it was like, I don't know, whenever I hear, like if this song was written from a guy's perspective, Oh yeah. They'd get hell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, cause like, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't think it was funny. Cause right. I'd be like, oh, sh-. like if the guy was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking kill you if you cheat on me. I'd be like, oh, yeah. that's that that, that that kind of implies that the man is not in the right state of mind. Exactly. And I, I don't know what that says. That's a discussion for another episode. I don't know. Cause <laughs> Writing it down. Boom. <laughs> oh, God. You, you got to keep talking while I'm writing things down. Uh, Bob, this isn't work. Bob, uh, but, yep. Oh, Henry, I know you wouldn't. Oh, shit, dude. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm reading things literally off of my screen right now. That's I, fine. I don't know well, how to just, just talk. Just take take a break. We're going to put the weapons down. We're going to disarm you. Oh, okay. And maybe. And we're going to move on to track number 10. Disarm. Which is disarm. Yeah. It's a Smash and Pumpkins cover. Yeah, it is. It's which, I, out of left field, I think. Yeah, for real. Like, I. This song started, and I, I started writing notes. Like I didn't even yeah. pay attention. To... <laughs> you don't realize it. Yeah, like I know that. And honestly, disarm is like maybe it's not my favorite Smashing Pumpkin songs, but it's definitely up there. Oh yeah. And uh, I was listening to it, and I was just like, oh yeah, a song called Disarm. That's cool. It's nice mm-hmm. and soft, and oh, there might be a little bit of harp behind the guitar. I can't be sure. Oh shit, this is Smashing Pumpkins. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's another one of those covers, like like on Tell Mama or Tell Daddy. It, it's like it's a very good cover in the sense that it totally changes the feel of the song. But the caveat here, I think it kind of misses out on some of the raw pain yes. and aggression 
of the original. So I don't prefer this to the original, but I do think it's a good cover because of how different it sounds. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Like, I like that they adopted it into their style. I just feel like Smashing Pumpkins did it so well that it's like, I would rather listen to that one. But it is a nice addition to the album, like this album. But yeah, I, I... I like the energy. Every time they said the killer in me is the killer in you, I was like, I want to feel it. I want to feel it. <laughs> yeah. But it, they, they definitely like, they did it well, but again, there's just like, I don't know. There's something about the original that's just so like raw. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It, the original uh, song is about Billy Corgan, the singer from Smashing Pumpkin, his abusive upbringing mm-hmm. where he's talking about being assaulted as a kid and that abuse kind of stuck with him and it weighed on him and led to a lot of the anger and rage that he spews in a lot of the Smashing Pumpkins song. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure in the context of the album if they're kind of going for the same thing, but I felt trying to trying to kind of translate it to this album, I felt that it's possibly about just trauma in general of being in a bad relationship and trying to move on. Like they broke up, he found a new girl, he, she's having trouble trying to understand him so he's tempted to just leave her so that she feels kind of how he felt specifically from the second verse where, where they sing disarm you with a smile and leave you like they left me here yeah. to wither and denial the bitterness of one who's left alone. So it, it just kind of like seems where there's not great communication or there's not great understanding between the two people. And he's just like, instead of trying to explain that he's just getting tired. And it's like, no, like I'm just going to leave you and you're going to fucking, you're going to feel what I'm feeling. And then yeah. maybe we can come back together and, and discuss it. But yeah, this song, like, the line that really st- stood out to me as not ha- having the same impact was uh, in the original song, whenever he says, what's a boy to do? You, you picture a, an actual child scared right. being like abused, who's going through just absolute hell and has nobody, no adult to look to for safety. And then whenever they say, what's a boy to do, supposed to do in this song, you see maybe the innocent young man from uh, the er- shit. I can't remember the name of the song. The earlier song. Uh, I had me a girl. Yeah. 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 Who's in that relationship with the more experienced woman who's maybe cheating on him or something. And I, I picture right. that innocent young man, as opposed to an actual child who is being hurt. And it just I doesn't like that interpretation better than mine. It doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't carry the same weight, I guess. No, for sure. Again, go listen to that song by the Smashing Pumpkins if you haven't. Yeah. But also listen to this cover because it's a pretty good musical cover, in my opinion. In my opinion, too. I don't have a way to try and to, to segue to the next one. Sacre uh, Blue! Sacre Blue! Sacre Heart! Heart is track number 11. And I'm guessing that this is your favorite track on the album. No. Well, there's only one left. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I was I was so sad. I was like, nah, he's not going to go that way. I I thought that initially that you that you would swing with track twelve, but took a, took a risk. I'm surprised you didn't get it, man. Well, okay. So this song is sung in French. Yeah. Right. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I've maybe mentioned this before. I probably mentioned it to you, if not on this podcast, that uh, I just I enjoy songs that are in foreign languages because I don't have to focus on the lyrics. Yeah. I, and I don't have to think about it as much. And I just kind of enjoy the melodies and the harmonies and a lot of the, the textures that are going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very soft and lovely acoustic song. Uh, I think Joy probably pitched this song to be in French because it, it feels kind of like her and her voice handles it very well. And she's clearly fluent Yeah, and in, in her pronunciation and, and stuff. Uh, there's some strings that are very sweet and lovely that are, that are kind of always sweet and lovely as strings are, are want to do. Uh, I really like the plucky bridge in this one that kind yeah. of moves to a, a quiet place before the last chorus swells with the pianos coming in. It's just, I don't know. It's a very lovely song. It is a very lovely song. And I'm glad they did it in French because if we're going for foreign languages, French is by far my favorite foreign language to have music be in. I, I just like French music, I guess. Dude, like, specifically, I, I think we're both kind of on the same page here, specifically French, like, electronic music yes. is just 10 out of 10. Oh my god, it's just so good. So, something's in the water over there in yeah. the electronic France. <laughs> I also took French for six years, so. 
Oh, did you? I, I, I'm kind of just, in, it's in my wheelhouse more, more so than. Are, are you fluent? I, not anymore. I used to be. At, Interesting. Not, I guess I shouldn't say fluent in the sense that you could just drop me in France and I'd right. be like, oh, yeah, this. Were, were you able to pick out what was being said in the song without looking at the lyrics? Yes. Interesting. In, in some cool. cases, not, not all. Like, word I, for word. Yeah. Right. But I could get the general feel of the song. That's awesome. But, yeah. I did not know that about you, so that's cool. It I guess was, I should figure, because that, that was back when you were in your, your Catholic school, right? Yes, and French was mandatory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like I knew that at some point, but forgotten and yeah. uh, revitalized. But yeah, the song, she, she's talking about walking down the streets in France, and it seems to me like she was inviting her maybe former lover to meet her there and slowly kind of realizing that they're not coming. Yeah. Uh, at one point, the, the translated lyrics... She says, you may be falling behind, you may have missed your train, you may not be able to forgive me. Shadows grow and the crowds fade. So it, it seems like maybe she fucked up, maybe she did something that she regrets doing. And she was trying to like set up this meeting to like make peace with it. And it seems like the guy's not ready to do that. Yeah. Whether or not... Yeah, she kind of plays it like, oh, maybe, maybe you missed your train. May, right. Maybe you're falling behind, or you may not be able to forgive me. And... I don't know. I know that that feeling of like, ah, did I fuck up too much this time? Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's just this. Uh, but no, it's maybe. Maybe it's just because I'm. I was kind of shitty. Yeah. Which uh, it's not a good feeling. It's not at all. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've been there for sure. <laughs> but you know, it's it's something you gotta. You gotta deal with. I was I was gonna try to. <laughs> I, I could tell the wheels were spinning. Uh, the gerbil gave up. Track number twelve. Darlene. Darlene, but it's not like Darlene. It's Darlene. Yeah, like a French Darlene type thing. Which is weird. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they did that to to play off the French thing. Uh, the song's actually like a an acoustic Nemo kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I looked into the, a little bit of the history. I didn't write it write it down, but this was all done. There's, there's only one recording of this, only one performance of the song that they did. And they just kind of, they recorded it on an iPhone on a summer day with the windows open and the doors open. And you can hear like traffic and you can hear birds and, and outdoorsy noises because they're just kind of like, they're chill and they're having a songwriting session at, at one of their houses and just enjoying the weather. And, and they were a nice little song. And it's fucking awesome. Like it's pretty good. It's the hipster in me. I think that's why it's like my favorite. The hipster in you is the hipster in me. Uh, no, no, it's fine because it's yeah. I'll I'll straight up own it, man. Like I I liked the lo-fi kind of deal with it before I had even yeah. read anything about it, and I was just like, ooh, I like this. This is this is what I listen to a lot of like music that's not as highly produced, not as whatever. Right. And then I was like. Ooh, this song was inspired by a note that Richard Feynman wrote his Mm -hmm. late wife, and uh, which is a great story in itself. Yeah, then just just reading uh, an excerpt from it where it was like it was read after his death, where it said, "Please excuse my not mailing this, but I don't know your new address." In a letter to his late wife, where it's just like, I don't know, you, you can just tell. Like he loved her, and it's just a nice. It's just nice. Awesome. It it is. Yeah. It's just like straight up. It it's 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 bittersweet. I guess I I don't want to just keep saying it's nice, but it's there. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, it was a nice gesture. I mean, he was obviously like very in love. He was very in love, and he. I, I don't want to say that he made peace with it necessarily. Yeah, but I mean, he he took the time after she died to write her a letter which is a very romantic thing to do in general, even when they're both alive. But yeah. like she's dead. He writes her letter and he keeps it on him. He keeps it sealed. Nobody knows what it says. Nobody even knows it exists, presumably until he dies and they find it and they read it. And it's, it's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> I think in general, it's very, very wholesome. Definitely. And uh, yeah, it was just, it just got me like, I yeah, don't know. it punches you in the feels. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Just like whenever they're quietly saying, you'll always be, be the only one even when you're not like right i don't know saying like i don't because i don't know like i hate to think about like people 
Like, what happens if somebody, like, somebody you love significant, like, your significant other dies early? Yeah. Like, do you move on? Do you not move on? Like, the thought yeah. of, like, that's a huge question. I mean... That, that is that is 100% uh, an, a discussion for another episode. Yeah, it's just like, uh, um, yeah. yeah. I have personal, I have somewhat of personal experience yeah, with that, with witnessing it. Because my mom died when I was young, and my dad is remarried, and I feel like that happens a lot. But probably probably better for a whole episode yeah so but yeah this the song it just got me in a way that it just made it so it had to be my favorite song that makes sense and again like it fits the mo you like a lot of that lo-fi kind of raw stuff and uh this definitely captures that lyrically it's pretty much mirroring the story in a lot of ways of Feynman's letter where it's it's written kind of like a letter to the guy's presumably dead wife like uh Feynman's he can't really, he, it seems like he can't get over her and move on with his life. She's the only one for him. Can't tell because he, or he can't tell her that because he doesn't know where she is yeah. and, or because she's dead kind of a thing. So there, there's kind of that, that question of if she's actually alive and she just left him and he can't move on. Or if it's like literally like Feynman's letter where she's actually dead kind of a thing. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think overall? I mean, I guess, I guess at this point we, we know generally how you feel about it. Not a fan of country, but but I do it's like, like it's, the it's, album. it's okay for the album yeah. for, for country music anyway. It's and it, I don't know. I feel bad saying it just because no, don't I shit on your albums all the time. I've done it to at least two or three albums. I don't know why I have such an <laughs> issue with being negative towards music, but it's like, I always just, it's because I keep painting you in this way. They're like, nah, Joey's going to like it. Even if I don't think he will, because that's the kind of guy Joey is, but it really, maybe I'm wrong. It really is like, my note i keep i write down so many albums that i want to listen to there's so many times where i listen to like eight or nine albums in a day whenever i'm like working (laughs) and almost all of i think i've only written anything negative about one of them almost all of them if i don't like it on the first time it's always give it another try i I didn't like the voice but give it another try because maybe i i'll like it or i'll find some merit to it or something i just like the creative yeah, and expression of music. I just, I want to love it, I guess. Yeah. I, I think there's value in that though. In that, like, I don't know, a lot of albums, a lot of artists take time or you have to be in the right place or at the right time. I mean, the whole like concept of having a gateway album mm-hmm. or a gateway experience kind of a deal. Like Deftones, for example, was yeah. a band that I didn't really like for a very long time. Uh, and then at some point in my life, I was I was reintroduced to them in a very specific like set of circumstances and time and it just felt right and I it clicked and I got it and I feel like that's the case with every album every band that like everyone has the potential to like anything. Oh, yes. It just has to be introduced to them in the right way. That I yeah, that is probably one of the most true sentiments I'd say. Just But yeah. I, I think it's okay to hate an album. Yeah. Like, I think it's okay to not like an album and be okay with expressing that. It's like, obviously, because I shit on <laughs> fucking hella. So, you know, whatever. Maybe at some point I'll like it, but until then, I don't mind shitting on it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I'll be like 80 years old at some point and I'll like, technology will have improved. So I'll just get a random head ping and like sharing <laughs> yeah. space will just enter my mind to be like, I get it now. <laughs> it all makes sense. Uh, don't get don't no hold your breath. Don't get your hopes up. Or maybe Alyssa's gonna have to write a letter for you after you die. <laughs> if I held my breath until I was eighty, I wouldn't be eighty. Well, that's that's very fair. But I just meant don't hold your breath until I like that album because you might not be 80. around much longer. Yeah. That's... Uh, next week. Next what week. Are, what are we? What are we listening to, Joey? We're listening to a little album called All That We Know, and it's by. Larry and his flask. And that's that's all we know. Yeah, that's all that, you know. That's all that we're going to know all until that, you, that we know. I mean, until we listen to the album. <laughs> well, you've already listened to the album. So that you, is true. You presumably know more. Yeah. But you won't tell. Did I say all that you know or all that we know? Cuz I can't remember now, but it's all that we know. know. It's all that we I know. I have it written down so I wasn't worried about it. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> okay, cool. I just for like the potential person that might there's listen no, to this. There's nobody listening to this, Joey. Yeah, for real. We had, like, so many, like, <laughs> listens and stuff, and then they all just died. Like, there were people on SoundCloud and, like, Belgium it listening. It comes in waves. Yeah. But, hey, 
Belgian people, if you come back, it's all Thanks. that it's all that we know instead of all that you know. But listen By to Larry it. Larry and his flask. Yeah. Is I'm a, this at all related to to this country album that we just did? Uh, yeah, kind, kind, not nah, kind of, but not also. Okay. Also, okay. kind of not. I don't know. It there's yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I guess you guys are gonna have to tune in next week and or listen to this album yeah, this it, week to uh, find out. I mean, it's it's rockish, but there's also like other stuff with it. So rockish. That's my favorite genre. It's, it's, it's rockish. I love her. The, the rockish music. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if you guys want to listen to the album, let us know how you feel. Uh, do so. We're, we're all ears. We're all eyes, I guess. We're not really all ears because we're... If you want to call us or meet us in person and talk about it, that's that's fine too, I guess. But yeah. uh, tweet us. Message us on the Facebooks. Drop some comments everywhere. Anywhere, not everywhere. I mean, if you want to do it everywhere, that's fine too. Yeah. But just do it anywhere. Uh, we're all over social media and stuff. So uh, you can hit us up there. Let us know what you think of this album. Let us know what you think of Larry and his flask. Let us know what you think of the first episode we did with Dan Deacons, this riffer. You know, wherever you're at, man, just fucking, just, just let us know. Talk yeah, for, us. for real. We're lonely. Talk to me about Dan Deacon, bros. We're, so, we're so lonely. <laughs> just, just give me a conversation. Literally nobody uh, will talk to me about Dan Deacon. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Well, uh, <laughs> until next week, stay on Bye. Bye.